Hi everyone, this is Carmen and Christina, and this is Historias Unknown, a podcast where we talk about Latin American history. Sometimes it's horrible and deals with heavy topics like racism, corruption, and genocide. But more than that, it's also about resistance, power, and community. And I'm so glad I don't sound like a like I'm dying. Oh my god, I listened to that episode and I was just like, oh my god, she sounds horrible. At least we acknowledged how horrible I sounded. And then I'm like, oh, stop talking. <laughs> yeah. You did say that several times, but you start you started off worse and then it got better, yeah. a little bit better throughout. So, but yeah, I am glad to hear you sounding normal. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Today, Carmen, I'm going to be telling you a little bit about the history of Placita Olvera. Oh, and something horrible that happened there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I should have known something horrible happened there. Yeah, something. And it's not that known. Wow. I mean, yeah, I didn't know about it. Okay. Okay. But also something a little nice that's not known about it. So. Okay. Well, sounds like a roller coaster. <laughs> it is. It was a roller coaster for uh, writing all this. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my God. Like, that's that was me. So I actually went there for the first time over the summer with mm-hmm. mommy. Um, she thought it was not as impressive she thought it was gonna be bigger oh no it's like a cute little place <laughs> yeah that's what i told her yeah so she hadn't been there either then no okay. no this whole time a lot of places didn't come back after covid yeah and they like closed things down super early it's just not like recovering mm. as much mm-hmm. um which i will also talk about but i thought it was very cute and it's very it's very cool being there and like you're like man this was here this is like the first street in los angeles mm-hmm. like that's insane so placita olvera is a historic street in la it's vital to california history but also has you know dark moments which are less talked about but also good moments like i said already mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have talked about the settlement of la before in our chavez ravine yes dodger stadium episode was that like the f- one of the first episodes right god yeah i think it was like four three three or, or four one of those mm-hmm. yeah a brief refresher. In 1781, 11 Spanish pobladores or settlers or colonizers, mm-hmm. whatever word you want to use, arrived in what is today L.A. Really, this is the land of indigenous tribes, you know. So the Spanish family settled this land. They called it El Pueblo de Nuestra Señora Reina de Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, then shortened to Los Angeles. <laughs> And and the very street that is Placita Olvera is the original street that they settled on. Um, but flooding, actually, sorry, fl- they settled like a little bit south to that street, like mm-hmm. two blocks south. But then there was flooding that forced them to move up. And that is Placita Olvera today. Okay. They built their own church known today as the Old Plaza Church. It's still there. You can s- still see it. It's the same church that's been renovated, but it's the original church. And the first houses, you can still see the first houses that were built there, like uh, the Avila Adobe, Adobe, Adobe. I don't know how you say that word in English. Adobe, right? Um, no, that's the app. I don't know. If oh, is it Adobe? I, I just assumed you pronounce it the same way as like the computer thing. I have no idea. I'm sorry. I don't know. Like I've said before, I'm dumb. So <laughs> if you thought that we weren't, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. So I'm going to use house instead of adobe or adobe or adobe. <laughs> but in Spanish is adobe, right? It is. So just, just going to say in Spanish. Yeah. Jinx. Oh. 
Um, so the Avila Adobe is one of these buildings. It was built in 1818. Another one is the Pelancani House, built a little bit after that because it was like a, originally built by some Italians. But today, this is the La Golondrina Cafe, Ooh. which has been there forever. And I'll also get into a little bit about that cafe in a bit. So, yeah, they were built around the same area. But Placito Alvera was, has always been really busy, buzzing with life. Like in a time when there was no like theater, movies, TV shows, if you needed entertainment and shopping at the same time. You went to Placita Olvera. This is where people gathered to talk about politics, movements, watch performances and buy things. Even like days before the Great Depression, it was very still busy. Like this was the place to be at. And that that increased with the influx of Mexican migration to this area because everybody went to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And I've also talked about, you know, immigration from Mexico really boomed during the revolution yeah like we mentioned in the Chavez Ravine episode as well but yeah mm -hmm. same same thing so the you know it really grew um and then stuff I don't know I guess like you know economy goes up and down and so in the late like 1920s it was like some of the houses were getting old I guess so in 1926 a woman named Christina Sterling okay Christina or sorry, it might be Christ I saw Christina and Christine, so I used both because I'm like, I don't know which one is oh. right. <laughs> but also, that's not her. She changed her name to Christine or Christina. Oh. Um, so, so I don't know her. I didn't write down her original name. But um, she fell in she loved this area of L.A. She was like, this is, is like such a historic little town. It needs to be preserved. It needs to show this is like L.A. Can you remind me of what time frame right now? That you're talking about? 1926. Now we're in 1926. Yeah. So she learned that there was a plan to demolish the Avila um, Adobe, which is the like the first house, um, again, built in 1818. So, so she went and found the current owner, Sophia Rimpau, who agreed to rent to her to prevent the demolition of the house. Wow. <laughs> That's how much she loved this street and this house. She's like, not in my book. Yeah, that's what she said. And so, I don't know, I was wondering when I saw Sophia Rimpau, the name, and knowing that this is the Avila house. I'm like, how do you, how is it the Avila house and now someone named Sophia Rimpau owns it? Like, what's happened here? Yeah, like what happened? Mm -hmm. So I did find that because I was like, what's going on? So the house was originally built by Francisco Avila, who was a cattle rancher. He passed away in 1832 and his widow, Encarnacion Avila, lived in the home. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I love that name. It's such like an old school name. It is. It is. I love all those. I would never name someone that. Oh, no. Those names, no. But I love them. But like hearing about them. Yeah. 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 Um, so Encarnacion lived in the house until she died in 1855. Their youngest daughter, Francisca Avila, married a German man named Theodore Rimpau. Ah. Yes. And so when Encarnacion died in 1855, Francisca and Theodore went to live in the Avila Adobe. Adobe. <laughs> I still don't know. And then by 1868, the house was not livable anymore, but they still rented it. <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah. Mm. But they didn't live there anymore. Well, what they meant was that it wasn't livable for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But for, for other renters, yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> um and so i'm unsure 
now if Sofia Sofia Rimpau is their daughter or their granddaughter. That I could not find. It just says she was a member of the original family. Mm-hmm. And she is because Francisca Avila is either her mother or grandmother. Yeah. I just couldn't f- find that specific information. And then during the Mexican-American War, it's a, there are a lot of battles happen in this area. It's a, way too much to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't care much about yeah. battles specifically, just like when they involve women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, yeah, exactly. But um, if anyone recalls from this time period or learning about it, American army, the American army, or like Americans did invade this part of because it was Mexico at the time. Mm-hmm. And so they were in this area, like little that street and they passed. Um, and so people were fleeing. And this is I believe this is when Encarnacion left the home the first time because oh. people were fleeing because the americans were coming and just you know pillaging being wild savages mm-hmm. as they are <laughs> as they are yeah so encarnacion left the home and she left it in the care of a young boy <laughs> oh god who his their i guess their family didn't flee or something but this boy was or not ordered but like the house was left in his care and like oh don't open the door don't open the windows and how old was he do you know I don't. It oh, just okay. said young boy. I'm guessing like maybe she was like 10 or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say t- in between 10 and 15 is my mm-hmm. guess. So he was like, OK, they told them don't open the doors, don't open the, the windows, keep the shutters like make it like seem like nobody's here. And then the army passed by playing like drums or some shit. And he went out like, oh, what's going on? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, he's 10. Yeah. What do you expect? yeah. Well, maybe he's 10. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. We don't know. But young. Not, as far as I can tell, nothing happened to oh, him, okay. luckily. But when this army, uh, and I don't, I didn't write down any of like the generals name uh-huh. or anything. Um, but I want to say his last name was Stockton. Oh, and I f- believe this has something to do with Stockton? the city of Stockton. Oh, okay. Maybe named Stockton. Maybe. I just didn't write any of it down because I'm like, bah. American generals. Yeah. I don't care. We're not. We're not here for American history. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here for historias unknown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So <laughs> he saw the size of the Avila house and was like, oh, this is a nice like looking house. And they this is where they made their base. Oh, my God. That very home. And then finally, when like the treaty happened and whatever, mm. they retreated. And so Encarnacion did come back to her home. I'm surprised they didn't take full like possession after the war or something like, hey, this is mine now. <laughs> but I'm sure they probably things. I was going to say they probably would have, but the treaty did give back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about the treaty. Yeah. The um, home, of, like the land of, because mm-hmm. like, again, we say land of the people, but it wasn't their but land. Not, like, yeah. If you go back, back, right? Yeah, but yeah. we're not doing that today. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was returned to them, to uh, the Avilas. And so Encarnacion did go back to live there for until she passed away. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, I found that also fascinating that they took over this house like, yeah and you can go to the house today it's free to walk in look at it and stuff wow so back to christine now um or christina i'm sorry i don't <laughs> christine or christina sterling she began to live in the house and then to prevent it from being demolished she gathered funds like and i'm like i tried to find more information on her specifically like how does she how was she able to do this who was she mm-hmm. right because she 
she gathered funds not only to renovate the Avila home, but to turn Placita Olvera into the like landmark that it is today. That was her. And so I'm like, who is she? Why was she able to do this? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> and maybe just community fundraising. Yeah. So she was born in Oakland, California. All right. She went to Mills College. Okay. Sorry. And then she married. <laughs> um, no, I expect nothing else from you. <laughs> That's why I included that she Shut was out. born in Oakland. Yeah. When you look up like, oh, she's a San Francisco woman. No, please. She was in Oakland. And someone from Oakland would get so offended at that. Yeah. <laughs> so she, and she met and married. I don't know if he was a director or actor from Hollywood. Well, maybe that's how she had the money. No, because they then they moved there, but then he left the family and oh. then shortly died of a heart attack after. And then she didn't have any of his money, nothing. And then she actually lived in Chavez Ravine and was evicted during, during the um, when they evicted everyone wow. for Dodger Stadium. She was there. So this is why I'm like, she, she couldn't have had that much money because mm-hmm. this was a poor neighborhood. And the husband didn't leave her with anything, mm-hmm. but maybe she knew people um, or just, yeah, yeah, maybe they saw the passion and that she had for making, renovating. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she had um, like, din- like, you know, like fun when people fundraise and make dinners with like rich people, those yeah. have a name and like a, every plate was like a thousand dollars. That's how she got raised this money. And then the city also noted her efforts on like trying to rebuild the Avila home and make uh, Placito Alvera into what it is known as today, the landmark. So they they saw this and they also began like um, allocating funds to it. And of course, not surprising when I read it, but they the home was uh, renovated using prison labor. Oh, my. And (laughs) one of her quotes because like two of the prisoners, one was like a um, carpenter, mm-hmm. like a professional carpenter. Another one was an electrician, not electrician, but like whatever people that build houses. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and so she was like, oh, I keep hoping that they arrest a plumber. And uh... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I'm sorry, Christine or Christina. That's not right. <laughs> no, Mrs. No, Miss Sterling. That is not right. <laughs> that's funny. though. <laughs> but I, yeah, but it was also a little bit funny. <laughs> She's like, well, they're going to arrest people anyway. So it might as well, might as well be somebody that can help me. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, this this rebuilding and making the Placito Alvera into what it is today. It was it took a span of like several years, but not to like make it all long and keep this episode short. I'm not going to go into mm-hmm. super detail, but. The Placito Alvera that we know today opened, it was done and it opened on Sunday Easter in 1930. Oh. And ever since, it's been a tourist destination. It's been called one of the most amazing streets in the United States or something like that by various newspapers and magazines and (laughs) these official lists and stuff. And it's like I said earlier in this episode, it is a very cool um, place to visit and just like, you know, um, I thought I had been there, but now I'm getting confused because there's another... um, plaza in la i think that i feel like i'm getting confused with unless it is that one Mm, i don't remember what it's called but like i said you know of course it doesn't exist without a dark past one issue that's always been occurring at the placita alvera is that rent 
as you know as it is an issue mm. everywhere but this is a, a owned by the city of los angeles mm. um and though the so the original there's a not i don't know if it's like a law or what it is like a decree i don't know what the word that they use but only descendants of the original families can rent here really yeah and maybe this was to help with gentrification but it also makes it very difficult for the owners like if they're retiring to find someone to take over these restaurants so that they don't close which is what's actually happening with la golondrina cafe right now oh the original owner the last name what was the last name of this family why don't I write it down? Well, I don't know, whatever. The original family, um, you know, the last like member of this family, she wanted to retire. She didn't have more kids to like take over the restaurant. And so she wanted to sell it to another family. Again, all the original families mm-hmm. of this area um, who had a candy shop. Um, like a little because th- there's the houses that are like on the mm-hmm. houses and restaurants that are on the like the ends of the street and then in the middle of the street there's these little shops they're like the size of a food cart like maybe. pop-up style shops yeah okay. mm-hmm. and they're there's tiny tiny things um so there's a candy shop and she wanted to sell it to them mm-hmm. because you again only original owners um original families of this how of this street or whatever mm-hmm. can own or rent the property on mm-hmm. Alvera. and so they went through so much to just finally try and like sell it to them so she can retire and then because the city has not maintained the street very well um there's like the piping is super old i forgot the material that, that the plumbing like all the pipes are made of but like that lasts 100 years and that's like expired mm-hmm. and the city wants them to pay all this money and like back pay and rent from like COVID when everything closed down in COVID and nobody could afford to continue paying there and stuff. So the the lady that wants to retire and the family that wants to sell it um, are currently facing like eviction basically because oh, wow. they owe $300,000 in like mm, back pay. Damn. It's a, that's a lot of money mm-hmm. but the family's like no we're not gonna pay this because you guys haven't kept up with mm-hmm. your end of the deal you haven't maintained the city or this the street the yeah as as you should have and so they're like you need to replace the plumbing before mm-hmm. we like pay anything and now they're facing like eviction in 30 days wow so they're trying to um they have a gofundme mm. and there's like people on tiktok and social media talking about it and i'll also put the link in the show notes because they're trying to reopen la golondrina and not be evicted mm-hmm. and la Go- golondrina cafe has been there since like 1900 something like wow. the, the house itself was there yeah already and it wasn't always a restaurant but it's been passed down and then it became a restaurant um, and it's been a restaurant for like, I don't know, 100 years now, like mm-hmm. a long ass time. And yeah, these places should be preserved. Yeah. So they have a GoFundMe to try and open back up. And but yeah, rent, that's been a huge issue and on Placito Alvera. And the, in 1998, tenants held a rent strike. Well, sorry, what year? Uh, 1998. 98. 98. Okay. Yeah, 98. But um, that's just some of the other things I wanted to talk about. But the dark event that I wanted to talk about that's not not really acknowledged mm-hmm. is the Placita Raid. Oh. So 
we have like i still want to do a full ass episode on this and we will but the topic is so big it's like daunting Mm -hmm. and this always happens to me where topics are so daunting i'm like so scared to touch them but then you do it and it's like oh that was actually (laughs) not bad at all yeah but um mass deportations in the 1930s ah yes yes the god what that what that has a name what is the name of it i don't remember we've i've we've mentioned it before we have mentioned um isn't it the the, mexican repatriation yeah right repatriation or something like that yes mexican repatriation Mm -hmm. and this is when the united states deported an insane amount of mexican and mexican americans from 1929 to 1935 there's an estimate that one-fifth of mexicans in california were repatriated mm-hmm. and mass deportations like it's it's close to a million of its own citizens that were deported to mexico many that didn't even know spanish yeah. because they'd been in the united states for in california specifically for so long mm-hmm. and um uh one mass deportation like event or like raid you know mm-hmm. took place and on la placita olvera so on february 26 1931 it was a sunny afternoon and there was about 400 people wow. there when like suddenly immigration agents and i think at the time it was ins mm-hmm. the what is it whatever it is today ice that mm-hmm. didn't exist right they went and sealed off the exits which is not hard to do on placita Alvera because it's one straight street mm-hmm. so if they put themselves on one end and the other end there's like that's it there's no other way mm-hmm. no yeah that's horrible yeah it is it's it's horrifying they were in uniform, which is like at the time, this like olive uniform, olive colored uniform. Others were not in uniform, just in plain clothes. They had guns, uh, batons, you know. Mm-hmm. They demanded everyone that was at the uh, Placito Alvera to line up and show their papers. And they arrested uh, dozens, deported um, many. I want to say I read it was like over 100 something people that wow. were deported at this time. And there's actually a book hold on there it is so there's a uh a los angeles times uh article from 2001 <laughs> called ghost of ghosts of a 1931 raid it was written by antonio olivo his father was actually deported wow during this time during this that specific raid um but he wrote a book let me scroll down here though so i can find it no sorry he interviewed um yes a local historian so when this interview took place, 2001, a historian named Raymond Rodriguez, he was 75 at the time. Oh, wow. And he had been chasing this story because his own father had been deported during this raid. And like one day he just didn't come back and they didn't know what happened to him. Oh, my. Imagine. I mean, it happens to this day, you know. Yeah. So Raymond Rodriguez's father was Juan Rodriguez, a legal resident. They... They had a uh, small farm, produce farm in Long Beach. And yeah, like, yeah, he like abruptly just didn't come back. And so they never heard from him again. And he actually co-wrote a book um, about the raid. Let me try and find the title. Hold on. Damn, why can't I find the... I, I saw it and I didn't put it in my notes. And I was like, oh, I'll just have this thing up so I can just Damn. find the title. And now you can't <laughs> find it. Of course, it. now I can't find the title of the book. 
Oh my god. Well, he wrote a book at some point. <laughs> I can't find the title. This is insane. Did you find it? Yes. Decade of Betrayal is what the book is called. Oh wow. I love that name. Yeah, because in the book they all they talk about La Placita Raid, but they also talk about the Sleepy Lagoon murder trial, which we talked about. Okay, yeah, I remember that. It's it's so weird to like look these things up and then just see everything connecting like Chavez Ravine literally popped up. This is what we talked about what I think the episode about the Guatemala Civil War or the Myrna Mac yes. episode, I remember, which of course were connected as well. But I'm like, yeah. we, we talk about this in this episode, in that episode. And <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. is connected. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's $34 because <sighs> it's old. Fascinating, though. Definitely adding this on my list. Oh, my God. The hardcover is $105. Ooh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and well, whenever I go, I actually cover the reprints, the mass deportations that happened in the 1930s. I will go into more detail, but basically they happened because um, the Great Depression was, you know, going on. And so they were blaming something that's not like an old or it's something we've all heard. It's time. Yes, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. But that all these Mexicans were stealing their jobs, American jobs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something people still say today. Yes. And like the Great Depression happened because there were no jobs for Americans and Mexicans had these jobs. And they deported, um, I mean, yeah, like close to a million Mexican and Mexican-Americans who never even spoke Spanish um, during this time period. Another thing that happened was that people were being told, like, leave before we deport you. It'll be better if you leave before um, you get deported. And many people did. Like the first train that that had de- deportees, you know, Mexicans and Mexican-Americans in it, it had like 400 people aboard. Wow. You know how I first learned about this was from that book I read in middle school, The Esperanza Rising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. And this is, it, that, that book wasn't even written by... It's a white, white Are you lady. Serious? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I didn't know that. I could, don't quote me. I'm pretty sure, though, that that is not a Mexican author. Author. Why can I never say the fucking word author? author? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> um, But, like, within six months of these deportations that began, like, 50,000 people had been caught nationwide and put on trains and, sh- trains and ships. And, like, they say nationwide, but the majority was California. <laughs> the author is Pam Munoz, Ryan. Yes, and I want to say the Munoz is because she was married. She's married. Oh my God, is this like um, American Dirt? <laughs> American Dirt. Not as bad because I don't think I don't think Esperanza Rising. And I, I I read that somewhere. I think I did. So I'm like, I don't want to be a hundred. I don't want to like officially say that, but I think that's why her last name is Munoz. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, <laughs> like partially sure, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. She's half Mexican. No? Oh. Okay. 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 I thought, I thought. All is forgiven, Ms. Munoz, Ryan. All right. Yeah, (laughs) it's okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. I couldn't couldn't get past that. Um, But now I'm ready to focus again. No, we needed to know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm glad that you brought that up and we we confirmed (laughs) she is half Mexican. (laughs) But yeah, like after that, not even after that raid, but because raids were so common to this day, older Mexican ladies, like old old ladies that were here, the abuelitas that were like here during that time still carry naturalization certificates in their purses. Wow. To prove, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah it was like kids would go to school and be told like don't let them get you like that's so scary mm-hmm. but uh but yeah i mean a bunch of people were deported from the placito Alvera that day and like that's just so scary because imagine you're just going about your regular day going to the plaza to buy whatever and then you don't yeah. come back and then you get sent to mexico <laughs> and then your family doesn't even know what happened to yeah. you yeah yeah and like the impact of that initial raid, that was in 1931. Um, I don't know. It instilled like terror into like the community because that was a big raid that happened. And I want to say that there was, I'm looking at the Zin project because I kind of recall that there was like a, no, no, there was not a, a, a that there was a documentary about it, but I don't think there is. Oh, I was reading just now that in 2005, California apologized by passing the apology act for the 1930s mexican repatriation program oh and then in 2012 la county issued their own apology and there's a memorial yes there is it's um actually i'm glad you brought that up it was chilling to see really did you take a picture by any chance no i didn't take a picture of it i should have you know i mean i have a problem there's gonna be pictures online anyway there is yeah it's um i want to say in front of the church well then i went to a different plaza because i don't remember this like a smaller one well because it's this it's the street the main street with all the shops okay but then if you cross the street this is where the church is at oh and like a, a museum and then that's where the it's like a big plaque with like a bunch of names on wow. it um all the names of people that were deported in this mass deportation era but probably also that specific raid mm-hmm there's also a book called Downplaying Deportations, How Textbooks Hide the Mass Explosion of Mexican-Americans mm-hmm. During the Great Depression that I've been meaning to get <laughs> for a long time because I've known about the book. Adding that to my list. Yeah. But another thing that happened at Placito Alvera that I hadn't realized, um, you know how he talks about the sanctuary movement? Yeah. This The church where this monument is at mm-hmm. and that, you know, the church is right next to it was a sanctuary church during this time wow. and it did protect um i mean yeah it was a sanctuary church mm-hmm. so it did it did um involve itself in that movement and protect uh mainly well it was central americans right mm-hmm. during that time sorry um, what? i was movement. reading a review that someone oh. was saying the book is biased so i wanted to read it to be like excuse me okay but Every, everything is biased <laughs> Um, that the church was involved in the sanctuary movement and so it protected and it, that was all Central Americans, right? Or mostly Central Americans during the sanctuary movement? That was mostly Central Americans, yeah, because it yeah. was during the, the when Civil War, right? all of the Civil Wars were happening around the same time in Central America, you yeah. know, like it's San Rado, Honduras and um, Nicaragua, Nicaragua were all having conflicts around the same time. So there was like a mass um, migration and so, mm, yeah, yes, it yes. was mostly um, for Central American immigrants that they were, like, protecting. And stuff. Right, right. Yeah. So that church, you know, where this monument stands today with all the names of the, like, mass deport- deportees or people that were deported, the church protected a lot of people. So amazing. That was nice to read, which is why I'm like, a, a mass deportation happened here, but then later people were protected. So mm-hmm. that was the train I was talking about. <laughs> The emotional train. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that is uh, La Placito Alvera. And I did, yeah, I already mentioned the Golondrina Cafe, which I will put the link on the GoFundMe. 
yeah, these places should be preserved. And apparently there's a controversy where people are like, oh, this isn't even like a real Mexico or this like not real Mexico. This street boy um, tries to put Mexicans into like a stereotype. And I'm like, whatever. What do you mean? What does that even mean? It reminded me sort of of, you know, the Yadita or Yadita, I forgot her name. Um, and oh, the, the little I forgot their names already. But you know the whole drama. Oh, of, the the kid, the yes, the kid Yeti singers. Sense, yeah. Yes, yeah. there you go. I can't remember the Sensia part. You know how they didn't like the Mexican food, whatever, blah blah blah. And mm-hmm. people were straight up mad at these literal children slash teenagers, like ridiculous. Yeah, and they're like, oh, oh, but they're out here profiting from a culture that's not theirs, and it's like that is their culture. Like yeah, I know what that. Do you mean. <laughs> I don't. I and I see it all the time. Like, like that you are you talking about the diaspora wars, <laughs> like <laughs> where because you were born here, then it's not your yeah, culture. Yeah. But like, okay, you're a, but a culture doesn't else belong it, to yeah. a, a place. Like, it belongs to people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's what La Placita Olvera <laughs> is. They made so this stupid. area into Little Mexico, basically, yeah. and so many communities. Mm-hmm did this like when you know growing up in oakland yeah i mean we've talked about it but yeah you see there are some places you don't even need to like know english because everyone I, yeah exactly a little shop where you did your grocery shopping spoke mm-hmm. spanish teachers all spoke spanish mm-hmm. uh the library had spanish employees mm-hmm. like the the all the signs were in english and spanish like you know yeah so yeah that's what la placita olvera is like it's mm-hmm. a little slice of home it's a home away from home yeah yeah uh and yeah you go there and you're like oh this is i mean it's not as intense as going to like the mercados in in mexico at all Mm -hmm. because it's a lot smaller but you get a little you get a little taste of it i think yeah um and yeah it's a little touristy obviously but Mm -hmm. there's a really good raspados (laughs) (laughs) and uh i had uh tacos de papa when i was there they're also delicious and you know i wish that la golondrina cafe had been open because i would have been i would have gone and hopefully i hope that they make enough um to reopen yeah do you want to hear the dumbass review real quick yeah I do. okay so it says nice book somewhat unbalanced however the distinction between mexican nationals and americans born of mexican extraction is not clear and sometimes conflated that's because the united states themselves conflated this and deported american-born people of yeah. mexican descent so there yeah. you go yeah regarding some of the conclusions and statements and statistics ambiguous or misleading rendering okay. sorry i don't know remember if i said regarding or rendering anyway continuing in addition the work does not set the reality of some things well by its seemingly biased omission of the fact that millions of white people who were citizens were roaming the country having been displaced from sharecropping lands during the same time periods and glossing over the fact that there indeed were white people that would and did do the field work. It was not just Mexicans that lived in shacks. It was not just Mexicans that had their lives torn apart. 13 million American citizens were out of work. Could have been more balanced by presenting the case that just as inviting people (laughs) to a party at your house... And this is a part but, that doesn't know. Okay, let me finish. Uh, okay, no, no, no. Um, go on. Could have been more balanced by presenting the case that just as in inviting people to a party at your house does not entitle them to stay there when it is time to leave. So too, the Mexican labor was invited and it would have under any reasonable theory of social and personal responsibility been their responsibility to make provisions for a possible having to return when the host country says it's time to go. 
oh my god this person does not know their history first of all it's like they read the book and probably didn't like know but also second of all the book is talking about mass deportations of mexicans why the why hell talk were they about Americans exactly the- that's a different book that's a different topic <laughs> you heard they didn't bitch. talk about that <laughs> like no but second silly. of all it's just silly like <laughs> We have talked about this so many times, but the migration of Mexicans into California when it was still Mexico was already big, right? Mm -hmm. It was not the United States yet. So what do you mean the host country? This was not the host country. This was (laughs) Mexico for so many people already. Yeah. (laughs) And not even, again, to go back, this isn't even Mexico or the United States. Yeah, exactly. Literal indigenous land. So Mm -hmm. neither person has a right to be like, me 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 mm-hmm. the whole country shut up shut up yeah that so was dumb. that was just that silly was, i'm glad you read that yeah <laughs> that was silly but yeah i mean every historical piece that you're writing is a little biased so it just depends what bias you like and whether you're calling it biased or not based on what your bias is like if that makes any sense well i mean and some things aren't like this isn't really biased it's presenting the fact i mean i haven't read it but that did happen and so they're talking about what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to that person, it is biased mm-hmm. because they're not talking about Americans enough. Which is, again, a different topic. <laughs> a different book. And like two two things could have and did happen at the same time. Like, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. That's funny. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but to end this, this episode. Uh, yeah. I just want to talk a little bit about the Placito Alvera and also to try and um share the gofundme to save the mm-hmm. Colombia cafe as well and this is gonna come out thursday so yeah it's still going on it's still yeah open so so yeah well i loved learning about this thank you for bringing this topic you're welcome and everyone if you've enjoyed the podcast so far <laughs> please leave us a um, five star rating or a review on apple podcast and Thanks again for listening, everyone. And we hope this is one less historia unknown for you. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Bye.